Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. Today is June 22nd, 2021. There's a lot of 20 action in that sentence. I'm Trey Crowder, and that, he's back. His glorious return. That is Mark A.G. Mark, how was Hawaii? Uh, aloha, mahalo, whatever. Uh, I, yeah. I don't, uh, it's great, man. I got to hang out with my mom and my sisters and uh, my lovely wife. For the uh, well, I, I was going to say the first time a year and a half. My wife and I have been together the whole time, but I've seen my mom <laughs> and my sisters since before COVID. So that rules. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, Trey, I don't know if you saw um, the uh, – I'm not glad to be back. I wish it was on Hawaii, i got to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> Hawaii rules. Uh, oh, there we go. See, look how much fun he had, guys. <laughs> Look at those See, <laughs> out there on the beach having a great time. We yeah. were gone last week. Mark, me and Corey were on here and we mentioned Corey's here because Mark's in Hawaii and we talked about your photos. So I thought it would be nice for the audience if they got to see a little, you know, get a little taste of what we were talking about. Yeah, I went and listened to the first five minutes of the podcast to figure out why I was getting Instagram comments saying Trey and Coy are right. <laughs> uh, but so I'm, I'm not very photogenic. Uh, but the, <laughs> I've never been out of small. I have this memory of like getting my yearbook photo uh, in like elementary school. And these kids, these uh, uh, kids were rose to me because like, like it's like, oh, he think he dope because it's cool. Like, it's like, like hard, hardcore black dudes don't smile, don't smile in photos. So they were making fun of me like that. Right. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think I'm dope. I just don't want to smile in a picture. Uh, but so you just feel uh, dumb when you smile because I can relate to that. Is that all it it's is? Like, you just feel like it feels fake to do it to put on right. fake. I don't know because it is yeah. fake. You know, yeah. Nobody's happy well, in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> But a lot of times, like, I think I'm smiling and I'm not. <laughs> really do. <laughs> that is you smiling. That's what people don't understand. Sure. Those pictures, that's you full smile. That's it. That's the Mark Aggie yeah. experience. Anyway, what were you about to ask me about? Oh, uh, you as a Raiders are one of your top two football teams. Not sure he ranked them in the Titans, but uh, they had uh, the first uh, NF- active NFL player come out as gay this week, uh, Carl Nas- Nassib or Nassib, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I think it's Nassib, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, which was awesome. The, the thing was awesome about it to me is like he he just put on Instagram, oh, I've been, been meaning to say this, it's Pride Month, I happen to be gay, peace out. Like, he's very, like, very pro facto and the league. Don't, I haven't seen anybody say anything dumb about it. Like, that was it's the NFL, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a league. Like five years ago, Drew Brees would have been tweeting out like quotes from Leviticus Absolutely. And uh, Richie Incognito would have put out a vague Instagram, like, if, if a dude tries to kiss me, I'm going to knock him out or whatever. I mean, like. Yeah. Richie Incognito, who is his teammate on the Raiders now. Yeah. yeah. Just so people know, very brief uh, explanation. Growing up in Tennessee, when I was a young kid who still loved football already, the Tennessee Titans didn't exist. I had a first cousin who was older than me that I looked up to a lot, and he was a uh, drug addict and a felon. So obviously, <laughs> huge Raiders fan. Huge Raiders fan. And so I became a Raiders fan, too. And for some ungodly reason have stuck with them this whole time yeah i don't mm-hmm. get a lot to brag about but just so people know writers you know the fucking bad guys whatever get a bad rap i would argue the writers are maybe the most uh progressive organization in the nfl they had the first um black head coach the first uh hispanic head coach uh the first female executive in the front office and now the first now and look carl nassib could have been still playing for the buccaneers you know what i mean but yeah. still the Raiders and Al Davis specifically have a long track record of progressivism, just so people know. But I agree with you completely, Mark. These are the types of things that I try to like 
remind myself of, especially like having grown up in the South and everything. I try to tell people all the time, like, look, I know shit is rough, but like indisputably (laughs) there still has been a lot of progress in terms of social issues and whatnot. And this is a great example of that. Cause you're right, dude. I don't care what anybody says just five years ago, him coming out as gay, there would have been some bullshit from some other active players, coaches, whatever on Twitter about it. And that didn't really happen, which is, that's fucking great. Uh, it was, it was like four or five years ago. Michael Sam got drafted. Yeah. And, and he, that was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Cause he was like, he, he came out as gay before, like in college before, before he was drafted. Right. And uh, I remember when he got drafted, of course it was a big deal that he kissed his boyfriend on, on, on the broadcast when he was excited yeah. to get picked. And then it was a big, then like, I remember the ESPN reporter <laughs> was talking about it when they started training cramps. Like I asked a lot of the players and most of them said they'd be, they're perfectly fine showering with him. And then the, 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 the sports center host was like, it was like a five second pause. And he goes, all right, we're moving on. <laughs> it was just tremendously weird. It was like um, the only the, the dumbest thing I saw anybody said on the conservative side was uh, the Catholic lead tweeted, "How would the left react if a gay football player came out and said he self-identifies as straight? Their heads would explode." And I, yeah, it probably what? would. I don't know what the yeah. fuck that means. But Literally, the, the only... what does that mean? Like, <laughs> like if Mike. So they're saying if Michael Sam tomorrow put a video that was like, just so everybody knows I'm straight now or something Mm -hmm. like that. If that happened. Yeah. I think there would be some cause for concern, but it would be because like, did he go to some fucking bullshit conversion therapy thing or something? Like you would be worried about Michael Sam. If that happened, you know, who got to Sam, it wouldn't be a like, you know, outraged indignation over that. The two uh, the two dumbest things that anyone did in regards to this happened to come from like uh, a major newspaper and uh, Joy Behar on the View. Yeah. Uh, the the first NFL Times in, uh, in New York Times headline, sorry, was uh, Carl Nassib was an NFL everyman. Then he came out as gay. They, so, they changed that. They changed that pretty quickly. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> now he's a gay. Yeah. Now he's banging every man. Is that what that what they meant? New York Times. Yeah. Like what was that? What was that even supposed? To, I feel like that was just like maybe a, just a poor choice of <laughs> of wording, yeah. you know. And go do Joy's. Say what Joy said. Joy Behar. Joy, man, I don't even want to repeat it because it's the worst joke I've ever seen in my life. But something yeah, about right. Pen, that pen, is my problem with it too. <laughs> yeah, penetrating the end zone or something. And then they came back yes. commercials like, remember that joke I said? Just forget I said it. Pretend <laughs> I didn't say that. I, Joy's a comedian and everything, and I feel like that was her. Like you said, my problem with it is it was, you know, a pretty hack joke. She's, yeah, she's like, they lost me when they brought up penetration in the end zone. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my issue with it too. But I know that was her just, uh, again, just whatever, riffing. She's trying to riff. Yeah. She's throwing something out there. I don't think it means she has any kind of problem with him at all or whatever. So it's yeah. fine. And if that's the worst we got out of this yeah. situation, then uh, I count that as a as a win, you know. America, we've come a long way, baby. It's not not a bad day for for that kind of event. So it could have been way worse. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> well, let's get into the show. Um, with us as always is producer Matt holding it down. This is Weekly Skews tonight. We dive into the latest in a long, long line of fully fabricated conservative boogeymen talking about critical race theory. They are very upset about what exactly? Well, it's kind of hard to say, but we will attempt to. Also, I understand Mark has an aliens update for me that he has not yet shared, so I'm very excited Mm -hmm. about that. And some other fun stuff, too. But first, as always, the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. 
Tonight's DD, any senator who didn't think to address the growing problem of congressional gridlock with the power of the banjo. That's right. Here's Colorado's John Hickenlooper to illustrate the point. Matt, play the clip. Well, I'm just a bill, yeah, I'm only a bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Oh, yeah, there's a bill here in the Senate, and it's called the People Act. Gives power to the voter, and not those corporate acts. I can't believe that didn't work, Mark. That seemed like that seemed like a surefire bet right there. Uh, <laughs> a, a very powerful Democratic senator thinking thing like the real world works like Schoolhouse Rock is sort of a metaphor for every fucking thing wrong with this. Uh, so if you guys ever saw the news today, um, Manchin <laughs> agreed to vote to suspend the filibuster for one stage of entering debate, and then Kamala broke the tie. Then she left had dinner plans or something. I don't know. And then the bill failed 50-50. <laughs> and, then, and now they're going home for a two-week recess in two days. Uh, it, it's like a Senate procedure. I don't really understand what happened, why the first vote to proceed to debate didn't proceed to de- Senate, Senate, Senate procedure is like Robert's Rules of Order mixed up with the troll bridge trolls riddles. And then that <laughs> the, the Bubble Boy episode of Seinfeld where he tells the, the kids, sorry, the card says moops. Like yeah. that's <laughs> that's all this shit is. It's incomprehensible, and they think voters really, really care about it. And uh, I, 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 I'm right. beyond complaining about it's it. It's almost like everything about it is is <clears throat> built to prevent them from doing <clears throat> shit. Do you know what I mean? <clears throat> like it's genuinely so hard for them to actually do shit because of all these like bureaucratic obstacles that just arbitrarily yeah. exist or whatever. And of course. Um, Cinema put out that op-ed last night about why the filibuster is good, which I made a video about today, which is so stupid in so many ways, because it seems to just be her saying like, well, we can't do stuff now because they might do other stuff in the future, which would undo it. So it's like, so what do what would you say you do here, cinema? You know what I mean? Like you. So if you're not if you're fundamentally opposed to making laws because they might make opposite laws then what are you doing as a lawmaker <laughs> and so many other problems with it too. But yeah. Also one of the reasons you pass this bill is because getting rid of gerrymanding would force Republicans to not be so fucking crazy or the crazy candidates we want to lose. Right. So it would, it should bring down the temperature on these legislative fights anyway. Plus if you've not been paying attention for the last 10 years, Republicans couldn't muster 50 votes to get rid of the Obamacare. Absolutely. Right? right. So there's no there's no will to undo popular shit. You just have to pass the right. popular bill and let them fucking eat it. Yeah. She's right? like, if we, if we pass something, they'll just undo it later if we get rid of the filibuster. Let them try. Like you said, they've been trying to do that exact thing with Obamacare for 10 fucking years. And they had the full majority for a huge chunk of that time and still never got it done despite it being maybe their number one rallying cry. And secondly, like you said, make them be the ones who go through the process of doing it. If it is popular legislation and people like it, force them to wrest it from the hands of the populace in full view of everybody yeah. Make them do that shit. Like, yeah, they'll try to do that. Fucking let them. Make them. I just don't understand. I, I don't give, understand the argument. 
Can you imagine like your argument being for why we shouldn't do D Day is like, well, if we shoot the Nazis, they'll shoot back. They'll shoot back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's those are rules of engagement here. Like, yeah. it's not really we we know that going in. It's like you, you, if, if the Republicans have power, they're going to pass bills if they can. That's it's what also do. like not to further the you know well worn <laughs> uh, Republican Nazi analogy, but like, oh, I didn't mean that. I know, that way, I know yeah. you didn't. Yeah. I know you didn't. But now I'm going to do it. It's like similar to that. It's like, you know, we can't do D-Day because like it will antagonize them. You know what I mean? We don't want to antagonize the Nazis. Like it's just so it's just so fucking limp wristed and weak, weak willed and defeatist and everything. And it just drives me crazy. And and talking about uh, the 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 urgency of the rhetoric, and I imagine their actions. Like they're saying, if this bill doesn't pass, it could lead to the end of democracy. And also they won't cancel their August recess. So they like, by the way, McConnell last year canceled the August recess to push through more judges and what was, what could be Trump's last few months. Right. So right. like, it's just an example of Republicans actually believe the shit they're saying and Democrats maybe don't, or I don't know whether they're, they're just, it's like, they, they, I don't know if they don't see it as an actual job. Like there was an argument between two democratic senators. I think Ed Markey was calling for canceling the recess. And I think it was Sheldon Whitehouse said, Ed Markey should, should get a life. It's like okay, all right. Well, what's, a, what's the Pelosi thing? What oh, uh, the timing of this was just interesting. After Republicans like uh, uh, wouldn't even allow debate on the bill, uh, Pelosi announced that the House was going to form a select committee to investigate January six. So they could, which they could have done five and a half months ago. They wanted a right. bipartisan commission in the Senate for some fucking dumb reason. So right. this, is, this, this is the timing of this. Apparently, it feels like a brushback pitch to, to try to get them to be more sane, or she's going to like haul their asses in front of a committee and embarrass them. Um, so that's what she should be. That's what they should be doing. Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Of course. Like, why not? Why are they not already doing that? It literally just seems like they're afraid of them. I just cannot believe that they, so many of them still seem to be so committed to the fucking myth of bipartisanship or whatever. Like they're not going to come to the, they're not going to play ball. So fuck them. The best theory over like what's actually happening behind the scenes here is there's probably 20 Democratic senators who don't want to get rid of the filibuster because they don't want to have to pass the progressive campaign promises they made, right? Yeah. So they've elected uh, Manchin and to a lesser degree Cinema to be like a sin eater kind of thing to fucking take the abuse. Because, but it, what's what's so weird is like Manchin and Cinema would seem to be the most vulnerable, and like they're they're like Manchin is in a Republican plus twenty state or whatever, and Cinema Cinema is you know in a purple state where she's frustrating everyone to the left of you know Mitt Romney. And it's like it, 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 I, none of them doing make sense. Like they could have they could have picked a much more safe state to, to, to be to, to be the centrist senator. But whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck. We'll see what happens. My prediction: not shit. Uh, <laughs> ultimately. All right. Our uh, moving into honorable mentions for daily dumbass. First up, Mike Pence for RSVPing to the big Hang Mike Pence party they had over the weekend. Matt, you play the clip if you have it. It is great to be back with so many patriots dedicated to faith and freedom and the road to the majority. And I want to thank my friend Ralph Reed for those overly generous words. I'm deeply humbled by them. Ralph Reed knows me well enough to know the introduction I prefer is a little bit shorter. I'm a- 
Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, if you couldn't hear what was going on uh, specifically, he started getting heckled, and then the heckles <laughs> built up momentum, and it sounds like there's people in the crowd yelling, Traitor! And yeah. presumably, fuck you, or die in a fire. I don't know. Those I'm speculating on. But they were yelling traitor and just other pejoratives at Mike Pence. When he's up there yeah. playing all the hits, dude, fucking God and country and all that, he's doing it all. And they're not having it. I think I did. As a, it's a faith and freedom summit. And I think I did hear somebody yell, fuck off. So that's like, that's, that's, the, that's the mood of the right right now. Is they got a bunch of, but a bunch of Christian, so they got a bunch of Southern Baptists to yell, fuck off in public. They won't even dance. Uh <laughs> Yeah, this dude still thinks he's going to be the nominee in 2024 if Trump dies, and that's so funny to me. Like, they, it's like they, none of these none of these guys ever learn. Like, you cannot you cannot build a golem and then ride it. <laughs> you right. know, you can't like I kept my pet tiger hungry because to, to eat the the you know whoever comes in front of it, then you end up locking a cage with it. And like, well, the tiger loves me. You know, it's like mm, no, you told yeah, you right. told it's them the, the whole. The, there's a subreddit called Leopards Ate My Face. That's dedicated yeah. to that exact thing. It's essentially like, well, I didn't think the leopards would eat <laughs> my face. Like I purposefully yeah. courted the favor of these face eating leopards thinking mm -hmm. they would only eat the faces of people that I don't like. But now these leopards are trying to eat my face. What the fuck is this about? You know, and Mike Pence should be the new cover boy for Leopards Ate My Face. Because, yeah, he thinks he's going to get the nomination or get the White House. Like, they literally would kill you. They would have loved to have already mm -hmm. killed you if they, yeah. had the, if they had gotten the opportunity to. On the one occasion in his life, he actually did the right things. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's like, uh, it, it is just stunning to me. Like, you can't, like, you ever, like, mobs don't work. That You ever see, you know, when a flock of birds is flying around, they all spontaneously change direction, even though no one's kind of in charge. Yeah. Like, that's how a mob works. You can't lead a mob. <laughs> right. But they keep jitting up mobs and be, you, you tell all your followers that, Democrats or socialists who want to destroy the country and and take and and uh, uh, dominate you and ruin your life, and then when you have a chance to stop Democrats from taking power, you don't take it. They hate you now because they yeah. believed you. They believed your bullshit. You didn't believe it, so you think it's fine, but they believe it. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, honorable mention: Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Uh, and wasn't planning on that rhyme, but there it is. Who? Uh, Worked actively to keep Juneteenth from becoming a federal holiday because, uh, you know, didn't want to spend money. Big government. Having another holiday would be big government, I guess. Uh, but then after Juneteenth got passed, made the objectively wise decision of going to a Juneteenth celebration in Wisconsin mm -hmm. where, Matt, if you have it, this weirdly happened. Really glad that now this is a you know national holiday for all time that we can celebrate the emancipation of slaves. Okay. Only to be confronted by a crowd not happy to see him. Can I just say this is not the way you heal a nation? Okay. Johnson, who has yet to say if he'll seek a third term next year, has faced criticism in recent months over comments. <laughs> about the January 6th Capitol attack and race. Buddy, yeah. what the shameless audacity of some of these motherfuckers, like literally what did you expect? Did you think they just wouldn't know who you were or like that you would still be, you know, lifted up on people's shoulders or whatnot? Like, of course that's what happened. 
I mean, setting up a state, uh, a, I think it was a, like a state level GOP booth at a Blight Juneteenth celebration is just so, it's like you do not get what the vibe of the country right now. How many, how many pamphlets do you think they handed out? Uh, <laughs> but like, so his, some state GOP dude tried to be like, oh, the it was perfectly fine and people were perfectly nice to him until the TV camera showed up and then a bunch of lefty attention seekers made a scene. And then a bunch of people that were there, this this one activist is like, uh, uh, that what it, these weren't our lefty attention seekers. These are black folks who don't want the fake support from hacks like Ron Johnson. Black folks aren't stupid. We aren't your pawns. Get off our lawn. I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. It's like they, this isn't about like tribalism or like it's tribalism for drawn, but it's like you can't you can't do these rhetorical games and not expect people not to fucking want to kick you in the balls. Like you, right. you, 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 this is this isn't a game to them. Right. You know, it's like yeah. And yeah, you're right. His argument for keeping Juneteenth for being a holiday was that federal employees and you don't need another day off, which is just like, okay, get rid of Columbus Day then, trade a day out. Who, yeah. You know, like, so, yeah. Also, fuck that. Like, we have, so I, I know it's mostly just federal employees who are even getting the benefit, but any American who works deserves more days off. <laughs> like, period across the board, in my opinion, because we get so much fewer than most of the Western world. One more day is not like, uh, something yeah. to take a stand on you know there was a, a viral joke the other day it's like you're european out of office emails you're like uh i'm out, I'm, I'm camping until september email me back then america right. american out of office replies are like i have taken a two two hour break for kidney surgery but i'm reachable on my cell phone <laughs> also yeah. dude these motherfuckers him being a senator you were talking about like all the recesses they take and how they refuse to you know reschedule them or call those off it's like mm-hmm. just again the shameless audacity of these mother of a senator to say like, oh, we don't need any more days off for federal employees. You know, it drives me crazy. Long time watchers know I was a federal employee for a while, so it's a little close to home. But I just fucking I I hate this shit. <laughs> the uh, they only work like hundred and fifty days a year or something. You know, right. Like they would say that well, they're doing they're doing constituent work back in their office, and but really they spend a lot of time fundraising. Right. That's, and here's the that's funny- most of what they do. If you like yeah. get to know any like politicians at all and what their day to day is, that's 90 percent of it. It seems to me like it's just asking yeah. people for money, trying to get money every, for people. Every first time congressperson says the shocking thing to them is how much time they're expected to be to be on the phone making calls for, for money because like they, they're, they're assigned out. Like, this is what's really funny is like they passed SB1, the, the, the voter bill, which would get rid of a lot of dark money in, in politics. They could cut out half their job. They could take more days off if they pass this stupid bill. That's one reason like AOC is so good in hearings is because she doesn't take any corporate money. She refuses to do those phone calls. She makes small dollar domination, uh, uh, donations so she can p- prepare for doing her actual job, which is you know embarrassing uh, public servants who fuck up. So, yeah. Our next honorable mention, the entire New York City mayoral race. Whole thing getting pretty dumbassy, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, they're voting today, and it's like it, 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 there's not a single candidate who a lot of people seem to like who have a chance. There's a couple of progressive candidates who uh, should have a better chance, but they don't because the guy that's going to win is a former Republican cop, and the second place per like, like Ara, <laughs> it hasn't gone well for a uh, 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 friend of friend, the show, friend of the show, Andrew yeah. Yang, yeah. who uh, was the front runner from name recognition, and then through after a series of gaffes, like saying that he like his favorite. Subway stop is Times Square, which is just anybody spent time in New York is so fucking funny. Uh, and he said he gave an interview last week. 
he was like because the guy's gonna win eric adams turns out he lives in new jersey he's gonna be like the new york mayor whatever uh and so he he was mad because uh, eric adams had said something about taking baths and like he he did a zoom thing where he showed his bathroom and there were areas so Eric Adams, two debates ago, said he couldn't do without one thing he could do without was a bubble bath. When he gave reporters a tour of the basement, he supposedly lives in. There is no bathtub in the basement. So I just want people to notice there's no bathtub. That's where that's that's the level of sanity Andrew's operating. Dude, now. I I read this. I was like, man, he's got to be just so strung out right now on this, like the the stress level or whatever. Because I mean. I don't know. It's got to drive a man crazy and clear. It seems like yeah, let the record show this man does not even own a bathtub. And yet he proclaims to value bubble baths or whatever. <laughs> what? Sir? What are we talking about? I challenge about? you to produce a bathtub. This is, this, <laughs> this is what we'll just, how New Yorkers going to decide who's going to like not fix the subway. Uh, so then the guy is beating right. it. Eric Adams, he was asked this, what's the best concert you've ever been to? And this is like the fucking one of the weirdest things I've ever seen oh in my, my entire God. life. Yeah, this is Kurt- the guy who's now beating Andrew Yang, who like yeah. may win. Uh, Kurt- look, at the, look at this. <laughs> this is the best concert you've ever been to. Curtis May. At that concert, there was a rainstorm. The lights fell on Curtis Mainfield and they actually paralyzed him at that concert. He died a few years ago, but it was an amazing concert before that happened. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Just so unfortunate, he says. How like what? Um, he okay. literally Jay, bet, he he literally did. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? How was the show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did that old joke unironically. I've been to a lot of live music shows, a lot of concerts. If I saw a performer who I really like, who I was a big fan of, and they were killing it, and then lights fell on them, and they were paralyzed, and later died from the complications of that. I don't think my primary recollection of that of that night would be, God, what a killer show it was, you know, up until yeah. <laughs> up until that unfortunate little mishap. Like this is these paint like how are these the I don't know. This is New York City, the mayoral race. There's been so many other scandals that have already happened and like it's insane that you cannot no better candidate can be produced, you know, someone who doesn't know better than to answer a simple question like that in such a weird ass fashion. It's like they're aliens or robots or something, you know, who are like trying to human and don't know how to do it. It's so weird. Like there ain't there's no better candidates than this. Like it's it's wild. <laughs> Just like dude, de Blasio is hated in New York and he got reelected. And I don't, I do not understand the New York, like, like de Blasio literally had this, the president of several different cop unions say they wanted to murder him. They, they went, he, de Blasio went to a cop's funeral. They all turned their back on him and he's still like, I love cops, man. They're the best. It's like, it's just, I don't understand. These guys are so, so weird. New York's a strange place. Um, So uh, to, let's do this what is do this first queue update real real quick so we can get to the the favorite one we want to talk about so uh this dumbass is president trump for scheduling tour dates in august during his reascension of the presidency you see q people are very confused why trump is going on tour with bill o'reilly when he's supposed to be retaking the white house yeah <laughs> and so yeah yeah okay i guess my question is trump coming back why would he be doing a tour through the end of the year with o'reilly hmm something doesn't feel right Wrote Telegram user Peace Lily. What's it? Peace Lily. Love that screen name. Um, all right. So, Trey, you announced this one because I really want to. 
what the Kid. hang on this this one like the the trump going on tour when he's going to be reascending to the throne or whatever them like the things that stick in these people's crawl do you know what i mean like yeah could all the things they've overlooked all the dates they've moved and all this shit like why are they not just like oh well that's probably what the tour's for that's mm -hmm. like you know he's going to announce like he's going to be basking in the glow of his recent uh reascension to the to the presidency maybe that's what the tour is for like it's so weird to me that these people who have put out so much more insane bullshit out there consistently over the past year plus that they look at this and they're like well this is discouraging <laughs> you know, like, hey, I, I don't understand their fucking brains man i don't get it they're uh i mean like the the, the august thing is so funny because you know where it came from it came mike like mike lindell pulled out of his ass in an interview where he said, we're going to get Trump back on the White House. And they're like, uh, do you know when? And he's like, uh, uh, August. August. Yeah. Like, that, that was it. And so when Trump started telling people August behind the scenes, somebody called Mike, they called, uh, tried to call around and figure out where he got it from. And it was just, and Mike Lindell was like, I think he got it from me, but I just made that date up. He, Mike Lindell said that. There's nothing, there's nothing happening in August. It's wild. Yes, but yeah. they are, uh, Q people, they got to have a leader, all right? And Trump may be at the tip top, but, uh, you know, there's Q people in other countries too, namely our neighbor to the north, Canada, and they have to have their own idols up there, uh, including, apparently, the Queen of Canada, the QAnon-anointed Queen of Canada. This is a real thing. When, uh, Canadian QAnoners are harassing people at the whim of a woman they say is the rightful queen of the great white north. Her name yeah. is Romana Didulo. God damn it. It's always yeah. something wild that I have to Didulo, Didulo, something like that. Romana I bet it's Didulo. Didulo. She's a, she, uh, <laughs> she, she's, she's a Filipino immigrant. So I bet it's Didulo. It makes sense. Didulo. Ramona, Ramona Didulo, who is, um, <laughs> yes, the rival so, queen of Canada for so some the, reason. The, the amazing thing about this woman and her army of followers who think she's the queen of secret queen of Canada is that she it's not even clear she knows she has followers like she was just posting this weird this, this weird telegram account saying she's the rightful queen of canada and she declares that covid restrictions are over <laughs> and so all these people said yeah the queen has declared it so they've been going around to various state agencies handing out cease and desist orders from the queen <laughs> and these videos are goddamn they're so funny uh pick one up and, and play it there matt Hi there. I just wonder if this detachment's been served the cease and desist order. A cease and desist? Yeah, anything related to the authority of COVID? I have not. No. Okay. Can I could I leave could I leave this for your chief? I would have to talk to somebody. Could I leave that with your chief? That's a cease and desist order. Uh, we have a new command we, we have a new commander in chief. Okay. Um, it's it's pretty self explanatory. Yeah. Uh, signed by we the people. Uh, so I, I'm going to report this back. Uh, so, okay, sure, sure. Dude, he's not Canadian, but I'm convinced that's uh, comedian Stephen Wright doing some kind of performance art piece or something like that. It kind of sounds like him, and also it's like, yeah, this is. We have a new commander in chief. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's uh, it's signed by we the people, all of us, all of us, the people, signed these cease and desist orders from the uh, Canadian it's, loony queen. They have it up is there. like. 
It is like very weird to me, like a weird, very weird example of like American cultural uh, hegemony. I'm not sure. I don't know if I've ever said that word out loud. So if I said it right, hegemon, I don't know. I know. Uh, yeah, I could spell it, but I also yeah. don't know how to say it. You know how I am with words. Yeah. Yeah. Hegemony. Hegemony. Some people say it that way, I think. Whatever. Uh, Who knows? So, Certainly but, not us. <laughs> so to my knowledge, we the people is just specifically from the American Constitution. I don't know what Canada's Constitution says. So they've just taken the they think American Constitution applies in Canada or whatever. And also they have a queen. <laughs> One reason they think uh, another example of the cultural uh, hegemony thing is uh uh, the one reason they think she's definitely the rightful leader of Canada is that Romana de Dulo anagrams to uh, say it, Trey. I am our Donald. Her Case name closed. is anagram for I am our Donald, which to them yeah. is irrefutable proof that she is, in fact, the rightful queen of Canada. That yeah. is true. That's not yeah. made up. That's not a joke. That is a sincere fact. <laughs> yeah. And in case you think we just picked some one weirdo who's following her, like the, the apparently these, the, these, these followers, she has like 20,000 telegram followers and they form like community activist groups and they're going around doing this all over, all over uh, Alberta, I think, uh, or British Columbia. Sorry. Uh, I don't really know Canadian geography that well, but so well, here's a video. Here's, here's another funny video that, that this lady gets mocked. Okay. So you're not going to let me purchase this Okay, really? They told you guys politely. Okay, they told you politely. It is the policy. So, um, you've been served. You've got seven days. You've been served. Thank you. Have a good day. Oh yeah, I love this lady in line. Whoever it is that's filming, she's my girl. I love her. Just openly laughing in her face. You've been served. So you know, you're welcome. What other response is there to being served a cease and desist order from a fake queen? From I don't know what you're supposed queen. to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I'm always like, and I'm sorry to any of our Canadian viewers. I love Canada. Uh, I'm always a little encouraged. Not in, encouraged isn't the right word. I don't know. I'm always a, at least a little bit relieved that it's not exclusively us who are this fucking stupid. Like the knowing that y'all have at least a handful of people that are on the level of stupidity of some of ours. I'm sorry. makes me feel a little bit better. I can't help it. <laughs> I mean, look, it's st they're still better than us. Cause like, they're crazies are handing out little pieces of paper that's saying you've been served or whatever. Like right. there's like a, at least a half dozen or dozen cases of saw in America where these assholes shot customer service workers in the head from trying to get them to wear a mask. So they're still doing better. They than are us. infinitely better than us. Yeah. For sure. I did not mean to imply otherwise. Let's, uh, <laughs> I think let's, let's move into yeah. the main story here, Mark. So we have some time to talk about 35 minutes on dumbasses. Hey, we live in a dumbass world. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about critical race theory, Mark. All right. So you guys have probably heard about this. If you follow, if you follow this show, you probably follow politics pretty closely. But so the right's been running around screaming critical race theory. It's probably going to be the entire theme of the next election cycle because they don't have anything else right now other than pure right. fucking uh, culture war bullshit. So um, Fox News has been pushing this shit extremely hard. Uh, they've mentioned like 13 times in the past couple, 1300 times in the past couple months. Yeah, 1300 times in the past three and a half months. Um, and they don't even really understand what it is, but it doesn't really even matter. The, for for y'all's understanding, uh, and for my understanding, because I had to look this up, so what it actually is, critical race theory is something taught in law schools about how to think about the vestiges of like explicitly 
racial laws that now still exist on the books and they don't have racial language and they still have like institutionally racist effects. Right. So that's all it is. There's like a dozen professors in the country that teach this course. It's not like it, it, it's probably a class, a couple dozen kids go to a year, <laughs> you know, it's nothing that's like, it is a societal concern. Um, but they have they they have incorporated it into this, this fight over the 1619 project and made it about everything being taught about civil rights and slavery in schools. Right. They think that teaching their kids history is teaching them white guilt, and it's driving and they're going to keep yelling it um, forever because they found that it's effective. It's so effective. It's called. It's leading a lot of people to run for school board all over the country, and there's a lot of weird school board fights happening right now. So if you go, to, so pay attention to local school board race because some of these nuts are probably running. Um, it, it, as a case study, this happened. This, um, this 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 happened in Maine. This guy um, started going to school board meetings and harassing people, and he managed to draw national attention to the right there and get a bunch of money to run for school board. Now he lost in pretty humiliating fashion, but he did get a bunch of Fox News coverage. <laughs> Uh, he went on Fox News. Um, if you, Matt, this uh, the video of him on Fox News. If you can call up the part that's really fucking funny, because uh, it's just, yeah. You go to the school board, the superintendent, via email, you said, because you couldn't get anybody to, to actually meet with you. And you tell them what about the cur- curriculum in the school district that you want changed? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, um, and I can't speak for Martin Luther King Jr., but I think he'd be extremely ashamed of what this administration is doing. Uh, They're teaching young kids as young as kindergarten to essentially hate their white skin, and it's the oppressor versus oppressor argument. And frankly, uh, I was brought up as the content of your character is the biggest piece. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Your daughters, they're about to graduate. You will be there. First, there were some pretty strict conditions, and now I understand you're allowed to go and see the band play and do all of that. Real quickly, what's their reaction, your daughters? Yeah, they just want to be normal seniors and keep... I bet they do. <laughs> yeah. They're, like A part of that is like not having their dad... Right. Uh, of course, him, it, him yeah. going on Fox fucking news and being like, listen, my daughters just want to live a normal life and be left alone. It's like you're a main dad. You know what I mean? Like no one would know anything about your daughters or be on their case at all if you weren't on national television bitching about the history they're being taught or whatever. Also, dude, again, the shameless audacity of these people. Fucking, I can't speak for Martin Luther King, but let me go ahead and speak for him and say that he would be terribly ashamed of what we're doing in these this country. I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah, and it's like it's it's crazy to me because like the right does this a lot where they'll gaslight themselves into like these vague, All the very time. Angry, like it keeps the, they they come up with these things that keep themselves up at night. They it's, need it's to. They, like, they need, dude. They've done this for so long. They. They all they stay doing this, Mark. Like they mm-hmm. need something to be pissed off about, right? Uh, something to like focus their anger on or whatever. And again, because these people, a lot of them don't really have all that much to genuinely be pissed off about. It's mm-hmm. like these made up causes that they get all ginned up over. Like I mean, the whole like that whole transgender bathroom thing, which you know. I appreciate because it, it gave me a career or whatever, because that's what <laughs> the first video was their stupidity. Thank you, yeah. stupid Republicans, for that. But that was that's a great example of like what even was that? Or like the 
transgender women's sports shit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, now y'all care about women's sports. Like, how long have transgender people been going to the bathroom and you never gave a shit until someone somewhere said it was a problem and now you're basing your entire ideology around it. And there's been plenty of other examples too. They just, they do this. They make up their own boogeyman and then red face scream at them until they pass out. Basically it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, I remember like, like I live at like just briefly on that. We'll get back to Craig, Craig critical race, critical race theory. But like I, I live, we live in Los Angeles, the hedonism capital of America outside of Vegas, probably. And I know, I know, I think two, two trans people, uh, one, I consider a friend and when we were at a bar once, and it, uh, uh, he got up to go to the bathroom and the men's bathroom was full. He came back and, he, and I was like, oh, go to the women's. It's a one seater door locks. Who cares? And he's like, oh, I can do that. And I was like, I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the, 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 these things, they try, to, they try to put some weird dynamic around something that's perfectly normal that we all do. Anyway, so, um, so if you're wondering where this critical race theory shit came from, there's this guy in Seattle who's a documentary, a conservative activist and do, activist and doc, documentary filmmaker. And so he became obsessed with all the diversity work trainings um, that people were going to. Because one thing Zoom work did is it made it much easier to snitch on your boss for these for workplace diversity trainings. They're not like, like none of us like going to fucking boring meetings, uh, especially to be preached at. I get that. Um, but people would like screen grab these um, these pie charts and, what, and whatever and uh, literature they're being shown and send it to him. And he started going through the footnotes of it. And there's New York Times bestselling books everybody's reading about, uh, you know, anti-racism last year or whatever. They, deep in the footnotes, it mentioned critical race theory. So he'd say, what is this? And he started looking into it. And what it, it, he figured out that um, basically this is the perfect phrase to use as an umbrella term for everything that fucking bugs him, including like uh, his school history books and the 1619 Project and and diversity trainings. Because one, it sound, it, it, it's they didn't have to make up the term. Uh, liberals already use it. So it's not like, um, you know, making up, calling it global warming when it's climate change or whatever to focus as the word they, they chose to use. Um, it also sounds really academic, which everyone hates. It sounds critical. <laughs> it has the words critical in it, which yeah. makes it, it makes which it also they don't like. Yeah. yeah. So it is, it is like a, it's like, it is theories. Like a, they're not much yeah. for theories, not into yeah. that either. Yeah. No. So it Race, is. Like, good Lord. It, <laughs> Dude, that, that asshole Frank Luntz didn't, have, didn't even have to make this up to, to, to poll test it. It is the perfect term to annoy people. Man, that's like. so true. I hadn't really yeah. thought about it, but literally just the name of it is like yeah. a fucking dipshit anger bingo card, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Being critical, don't like it. Theories, don't like it. Race, don't even bring it up. Like, just you put all that together, critical race theory. And yeah, uh -huh. it's going to get them. It was tailor made to piss these people off, even though they don't know what it really even is because it's made it doesn't, up. It <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. Right. So, absolutely. Uh, and so if, if you go read that article, by the way, just be aware that the New Yorker piece about this guy named Rofi, um, just be aware that like it's a little it's a little too credulous of Rofi's own origin story. For example, it says he got a small, small uh, grant from this uh, um, right wing think tank uh, that without really naming it. But the discovery, the, the think tank they're talking about is called the Discovery Institute, which Discovery Institute, which basically exists to push uh, um, intelligent design in schools now. I actually talked to the guy who ran that once when I was a reporter, I interviewed him for a story when I covered schools because they were trying to, they were pushing they were, they were doing some weird shit. They were trying to push intelligent design without calling it intelligent design. 
And I was talking to him. I was like, just say, just be honest, man. What do you, he's like, and he's like, this is not intelligent design. You're, this is, you're biased. And he hung up on me. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So all tracks. <laughs> and like the right does this a lot. Like they, 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 they get mad about textbooks. They're like, they, they, they've been getting, getting textbooks canceled from schools since like 1910. Dude, uh, so I, before we show this, which we're going to, this example of a Louisiana textbook in a minute, like this, one of the reasons this drives me so crazy is them getting all up in arms about critical race theory, which is essentially made up in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's so infuriating to me because I grew up in the South and I know how fucked up the version of history that is often taught of, about slavery and race and everything in the first place uh how shitty the war of northern aggression and that and states rights and all that bullshit that we all know about now that isn't true like the shit that is true is the shit that should be taught and they like they push back in favor of continuing to teach the made up stuff right Mm -hmm. they've been doing that for a hundred years 100 plus years and then now they're flipping out over us supposedly teaching made up shit that is true. Like, does that make, like, like the idea, like it, they're, what they're flipping out about isn't even actually happening, but what should be happening is that the shit that actually happened should be what's taught to children as what happened on account of it's what happened. And they've been standing in the way of that for generations. And now over nothing, they're pushing back in the opposite direction just because they need something to be pissed off about. Like it's. Yeah. It's so maddening. We, we, uh, reactionaries need shit to react to, so even if they have right. to make it up. Um, so <laughs> this stuff is like, they really think they found something here. Like uh, the, these sort of campaigns and, um, uh, you know, Protests are being astroturfed all over the country, funded by dark money through the Heritage Foundation. Um, and like, like Fox News got caught this week doing some doing some weird fake news stuff. They uh, they took a bunch of Republican activists and uh, just staffers and presented them as everyday parents who were upset about critical race theory being taught to their kids. Which I really would love to see someone I sent a law professor to try to teach critical race theory to like fifth graders. Yeah. <laughs> just like the ass glazed over and fucking uh, just like, like the, they're just coloring in their trapper keepers while somebody's yelling at them about like, like the legal system. Um, so, so this, anyway, this is happening all the country and, and uh, not really, really about anything. If you want to know why kids need real history, as Trey mentioned, there's my understanding is uh, there are two approved history books for the state's eighth graders. And this is how one of them, I'm going to read this passage to you real quick. It's how one of them introduces the Civil War as tough times for a poor young white woman who's sad about losing her slaves. Yeah. This is so, in Louisiana, right? The yeah. State of Louisiana. Officially approved history book. Yeah. Kate Stone was 20 years old and a member of a wealthy planter family when the war began. After Kate's father died, her mother Amanda oversaw the family's business affairs. In the 1860s, the moves, they moved to a cotton plantation. They had about 150 slaves. Uh, the family's future seemed secure. However, now you know this is going to get good. Um, after the secession, yada, 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 they moved. Uh, they sent the slaves to Texas to try to keep them from being freed further away from the, you know, where they were losing the war. Um, <laughs> and the rest of the whole, whole passage, uh, in her diary, Katie, Kate expressed her firm Confederate patriotism, insisting our cause is just and must prevail, end quote. But even for a patriot, the war's hardships became difficult to take. Mm. Um, the Union forces arrived in the family's plantation in 1862. 
Uh, that's when she sent the slaves to Texas. Uh, the article, this, this passage talks about the Stone family as refugees. Yeah. Because uh, they moved Literally. to Texas. Calls to them play. refugees. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kate felt ambivalent about the end of slavery. <laughs> I bet she did. But after the war, she did her best to adjust to a world that, it felt, that she felt had been turned upside down. Uh, so basically, she she founded the Madison Parish chapter of United Daughters of Confederacy and remained active until her death in 1901. In this chapter, we will examine the political and cultural issues that led to sectional tensions that ultimately led Louisiana to secede from the Union. So it's like th- this is this is how they're introducing slavery to eighth graders. Right. It's by it's like can you don't you have feel bad for this woman who lost? It was all really her hard to lose your slaves. That was like yeah. really tough on these 18, 1860s white women. You know they had to. <laughs> They had to move to Texas where their slaves still were just so they could keep having slaves for a little while. Like that's hard. This is in a literal history textbook in the state of Louisiana right now. And again, the thing like critical race theory isn't even the same thing as saying this shit shouldn't happen. Right. But the point is this shit happens they're fine with it and then make something up like cr- critical race theory, which isn't happening and flip out about that. You know, yeah. that's so the gonna, reality. And they're going to say it like, I, I just wanted to talk about this for a second. Cause they're going to, they're going to say this over and over and over again. And people don't understand what they're doing and why they're doing it because like they, they're good at generating these controversies by just repeating them over and over and over again. So it right. sounds like a thing. Like it's been a decade. I still can't tell you what they think happened to Benghazi. Right. right? Yeah. What, what they think the big Benghazi is a tragedy that those four people died. I don't understand what the conspiracy would have been. Like they, they would never say what they think happened. Just that Obama let four Americans die on purpose because don't know, right? We don't. They don't say. They never. They never say the second part. So uh, this is going to be a thing. It's probably going to be. A, a, Democrats aren't going to see it coming because they always get blindsided with this shit because they know it's not real and it's annoying. And they're going to have to. They're going to. They're going to go home to their districts and be in a debate next year in all their house races and get owned with this shit and not have an answer for it. You can see it coming now. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. We'll but, see how by the way, goes. there's a way. There's a way. To, if if you need to fil- filter everything you talk about in politics through American exceptionalism, Obama was really good at this, right? You just say. That uh, the, the America's great because of its original promise. The, the founders built the Constitution to be amended. They meant for us to make progress. The, if you want to talk about the Civil War and what you're proud of, proud of about it, talk about the half million people that died to try to end slavery, to fault to end it. Right? There's ways to talk about this stuff that make that makes America sound like awesome. That still talks about real history. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. yeah. I don't know, but like you said, they've latched onto it now, and you know the midterms are next year so we're in for a lot more critical race theory talk so we'll yeah. see um i don't i don't have much i mean we're still the we're still the country that hanged john brown and the guy that hanged john brown was robert e. lee who led the war and then got to be chancellor of a college so that's the way things go around here yeah indeed <laughs> yeah. it is uh matt you can start putting up questions and comments wherever you are ready but mark tell me the aliens thing i want to hear it so I was reading this article yesterday. Uh, it was a couple a couple months old, I think. But it was talking about how, like, it, the, the truck, the main through line of the article is about how liberals misunderstand how authoritarians' brains work with racism. They Liberals seem to think that um, people become authoritarian because they're racist and they want to become, they want to use authoritarianism to keep the other race down. And in reality, it's probably the other way around, that people have authoritarian personality types and that leads them to be racist because they want, they want sameness and they want order, right? And okay. they perceive... 
All right. So anyway, the, the, the end of the article makes this interesting point that like uh, uh, it's just it's just seeing people as others. Right. And that's why you should when you talk to authoritarian personality types, you should emphasize sameness, not talk about how cool diversity is. Yada, yada. Anyway, one of the things they found is if you tell people they're aliens, they become less racist. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if you believe in aliens, you're less racist because other races don't seem so other now. They seem more similar to you in comparison to aliens. Dude. And so and add another element. I, I like we talked we talked about aliens a couple weeks ago. I was pretty sure this is a whatever this is is government messaging about something. It's like, oh, maybe they're trying to make people less racist so America's society well, can that pull would together. be nice if yeah. that's what they're doing with the aliens, yeah. Mark. But I act like <laughs> uh I'm going to butcher this, and to him I apologize, but there's a great comedian named Baron Vaughn who I saw do a bit about that exact concept once that I thought was Baron's hilarious. So I'm not even yeah. going to try to do the bit itself, but it was based around, like, he was saying, like, we need aliens to show up because that's the only way that we're ever going to do anything about this racism shit because everybody who hates everybody will come together to say, and then he, yeah, there was a whole bit in between this, but it ended with the line, because somebody's got to stop those space in words, right? And Baron Vaughn is a black comedian, and it was very, very, very funny. But, yeah, the idea that we would be joined, we would be united as a species in our hatred <laughs> of this of this I mean, new other race that just like, ooh, a new race to be racist against. Like, dude, <laughs> people would people would absolutely jump all over that. Like without a doubt. I mean, I know it's like, I don't think that's a reason for the government to fake aliens. That's pretty out there. Uh, or is it Mark? But I think that if aliens show up, I mean, I, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of that going to be a lot of anti-alien sentiment, Mark, and it's going to transcend racial boundaries. Look, our government pretended that the Spanish blew up the main to pull, to pull us together for a war effort. They pretended that the, the goal, that someone attacked uh, that ship in the Gulf of Tonkin to get us to pull together for a war effort. Here, if they're trying to pull us together for a war effort against an imaginary enemy when nobody gets hurt, that seems much preferable to me. So For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was what? really funny. Matt oh. sent us a thing here. Yeah. Yeah, so it was the New York Times had an expose yesterday that basically says that uh, – uh, Tucker Carlson is uh, has a much different, more a amicable personality type behind the scenes where he kisses reporters' asses and works as a secret. He gives them inside information about what's going on at Fox News and what's going on at Trump White House. And in exchange, um, you know, he gets get these gets these glowing person, uh, you know, media profiles. They treat him like he's like a rational actor and actually has a good heart or whatever. So, like on his show, yeah, he'll describe Jeremy Farr. Jeremy Farr asked, "Are there yeah. any comments on Tucker Carlson being a secret source for other news outlets?" So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, my. This is like all product of all politics becoming a TV show. It's a uh, even the New York Times uh, treats it like it's a fun game, which is another reason. Like you, if you read like if you read articles closely, it's almost always apparent who the secret source is. And you'll see people arguing with themselves. They'll be like, they'll be like on the record, I'm against this off the record. Uh, I would like to see it pass, but only if X, Y, Z happens. So it'll be like, uh, the president says he's against this, but a source close to the president's thinking says yada yada. It's like, you just, you, both people are Trump, both people in the story are Ivanka. Both people are, it's like, it's, it's maddening. So what also kind of tracks shit. with the whole, like all the, you know, for example, all the, so many of those January six people have just been lining up to roll over on each other, 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like how quickly yeah. they like are cooperating with the deep state and ratting each other out and things like that. Like it's just like classic sort of, you know, snake behavior. And Tucker Carlson seems to be one of the snakiest snakes out there. So, I mean, yeah. this is the first time hearing it of is, it, but I've never been less surprised by something. It, it's, it's, you'll never get a clear example. Uh, you're right, Judith. Judith says, I can't abide Tucker Carlson. He's dangerous. That's Judith Brudeal. Brutal. Brutal. Um, so this is like a great example of what happens. Like to, to Tucker, this is a TV show, right? He's just playing a character in a TV show. When you believe a TV show, the January 6th people are like John Hinckley shooting Reagan to get Jodie Foster's attention. Like Jodie Foster's an actress, buddy. You're not going to get her attention. She's not real in the sense that you think she's real. She's a character, you know, on TV. So it's yeah, just like, last week, wasn't it? He, you know, he, he went with that whole theory that uh, the FBI was actually behind January 6th. Or whatever, yeah. you know, and people are going to roll with that. It's essentially like they found out that there were some people the FBI were aware of but had not charged. And there's a mil- there's multiple reasons why you might do that. A, they might be collaborators or whatever. They might not know who specifically who they are, but that they exist. But they said the only – he said the only actual reason for that would be <laughs> they work for the FBI, like our literal FBI yeah. agents, which is not at all it, true and is wholly made up. But now they got a new – Conspiracy theory that can glom on to. And T- Tucker Carlson used to be a real reporter. He's read charging documents before. He knows that an un- unindicted co-conspirator doesn't mean a government agent who actually right. planned the attack and tricked these rubes into doing it. And by the way, like the FBI does convince people to do illegal shit and arrest them for it. They do that. They, they like years after 9-11, they found the dumbest guy in every mosque and gassed him up to go do a terrorist attack and sold him bomb making materials, then arrested him for like they did that routinely so to get their quotas up or look like they look or look busy or whatever they thought they were doing um but they didn't do that here because the fbi does not think of right-wing terrorists as a threat they just don't right, <laughs> right. yeah uh the, these guys are like unindicted co- one of the guys unindicted co- conspirators was his wife and all, all, all they did this have evidence that said that he texted her something or whatever so they needed to use the evidence they called her unindicted co- conspirator because she received this text and knew about his plans but her actions don't rise to the level of being charged. And anyone right. that read that doc could very easily tell that it was his wife, you know? Right. right. So, yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like that there is someone who's involved. They're aware of it, but it doesn't rise to the level of being charged. There's also possible. Yeah. They know someone else was in the room, but they don't even know who it was, but that is an, that's an unindicted co-conspirator co-conspirator that they know exists, or it could be an informant or whatever. Any of those way more plausible reasons for why unindicted co-conspirators were exist, but they went with, he also, the way he said, it, he was like, he was like, what is now? Why could that possibly be? You know why that is. It's because they worked for the FBI and it's like, you know, making them feel like they figured it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're the ones who figured this out. What's really going on here. And then just making some shit up. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a very talented propagandist. That's a very, very smart way to constrain. It makes the audience feel smart. Like you're all, all in the same, in, in on the same uh, secret. He's good. Yeah, he is. But you know, fuck him. All right. Uh, that's pretty much yeah. it for this week's edition. Matt, throw that graphic up there. I need to tell y'all, I should have said this earlier. Terrible at promo. Going back on tour, everybody, starting next month. Me, Corey Forster, and Drew Morgan, the Well Read Comedy Tour, are hitting the road again uh, starting July 23rd and 24th. So a month 
from now in Birmingham, Alabama. But we're at plenty more dates and adding uh, even more every day. So go to wellreadcomedy.com and check it out. I would really appreciate it if you come and see us live. Maybe one one of these days I'll drag Mark out of the house. I don't know. I don't think Mark gets on stage anymore, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Having a while, but uh, I would love to be on the road with you guys and Corey's first uh, outing as a famous person. It's going to yeah, be wild. Yeah, it's going to be some shit. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Uh, yeah. All right. Thank you all very much. We appreciate it. And join us next week. We'll be here. Say goodbye. bye.